grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. Let's rip open the cover of the sealed section. Welcome to After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store Hamilton. Welcome, dear listener, to After Dark for another week. And tonight, Luke and I will be diving into a red-hot topic and one that is very polarising. Is there ever a good time to have sex with your ex? We're going to dissect that tonight. Jasmine will also be along to give us five ways that we can connect with ourselves sexually without self-pleasure. So put the vibrators away because this is a different kind of practice. That's all coming up tonight on After Dark. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store, Hamilton. Always an absolute pleasure to have Luke Skews on After Dark. And we get into some pretty, you know, raw conversations off air. So Luke knows a fair bit about me. I know a fair bit about Luke. And over the past, I would say, few months, we've been churning this particular subject over between the two of us. And we thought that we would share our wisdom. So, Luke, what are we talking about tonight on After Dark? Well, like to give a bit more lead up to this, this is something that we've all had conversations with friends about. Yes. Um, I've had lots of conversations with clients about it and, um, you know, I've had conversations with you about it, partners about it. And the thing that we want to talk about is sex with exes. Ooh, donk, donk, donk. <laughs> so I'm sure, you know, everybody listening out there starting to get the light bulb is like, yeah, I've had that conversation with my mate or, you know, my girlfriend's messaged me and it's like, should I or shouldn't I? Or you won't guess who I hooked up with last night. Yep. And, um, you know, I in my experience with um, relationship coaching over the years, um, there's been times where, you know, during coaching, we've ended up consciously uncoupling um, yep. you know, partners and yep. them navigating, switching off that intimate connection, even though the relationship's finished. Yeah, okay. Mm. And it's a tricky space, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sometimes your relationship ends and it's wrapped up in a neat little boat and there's no residual feelings and there's no residual sexual tension. That's all played out. And it's kind of like you kind of fell out of love while you were still in the relationship. And when you get out of the relationship, you're really ready to spread your wings and you just don't look back. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I've, I like in my experience as a coach and my lived experience, there's, been situations where the relationship's been, you know, dragging on for clients and their body's trying to give them the message of, you know, this is no longer serving us, we need to end it, we need to get out. And so the intimacy shuts down during the relationship. Yeah. And then all of a sudden when they make the call of, hey, actually I think we should break up, um, you know, I'm not in love with you anymore, you're not in love with me anymore, you know, I want the best for you, and they have this amicable breakup and all of a sudden their body lets go of all of the tension. Mm. I actually had that happen. Yeah. 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 I actually had that happen at the end of um, one of my relationships and 
it was my body was trying to tell me that it was over to the point where my skin started eating itself. Mm. So I'd get these like breakouts. They just look like little pimples, but they were actually full of acid and they were burrowing into my skin and I still have the scars, you know, and that was my body telling me like, get out, get out, get out, you know? And so, yeah, I completely get that. And with that, when that relationship ended, it was like, yep, like, woohoo, I'm like reborn. Um, But it doesn't always happen like that. Well, yeah, I've like in um, you know, past relationships, I was, you know, I'd struggled with say erectile dysfunction. Mm. Like my body, you know, there was all the things were there and available, like the sex was there and available, but my body was just saying like no, 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 you're not in the right place for you. Um and then as soon as I'd taken action, um and took action on lots of things like mental health and food and all of this sort of thing, like I just wanted to fuck everything that moved around me. <laughs> yep. Um, and like I, I've seen similar stories, especially with um, women that I've spoken to, um, two women that I've spoken to who were in like the end stages of a relationship and their yoni was constantly getting like candida or yeast. Yeah, or infections, infections, yeah. Um, and, you know, it was basically, you know, their body not letting their partner in in that way. Yeah. And then you know, all of a sudden, you know, and for years they've been working with naturopaths and doing all the herbal things and whatever and taking all the pills to try and get rid of it and all it took was closure and making a decision and, you know, then all of a sudden they wanted to fuck this person. Yeah. 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 Okay. So here is the million-dollar question and one that is the subject of many, many articles and research papers and all of that sort of stuff around the psychology of this. Mm. And I'm quite sure that you don't have a binary answer for me, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Yeah. Is it a good idea to fuck your ex? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I'm not going to give you a binary answer on on this. Yeah. I say that it is a total case-by-case, piece-by-piece um situation yeah yeah so in my lived experience um like having sex with the ex um like straight after the breakup has been like a really great you know solidifier like one last row it was like it's been like really hot really great sex um everyone had a good time had a good cuddle had a good cry and then that was it Yep. No more, no more that sex. was like in the breakup process though, wasn't it? Like that was yeah, like that the was... same day sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I've had other relationships where, um, you know, we hadn't been having sex up until and then um, we broke up and then we decided like let's not have sex because that's just going to make it hurt too much. And that was really helpful as well um, because, you know, we're living in the same house together and, it would just, uh, I think when it's close to the breakup, yep. my answer would be no, because it just exasper- exacerbates. Yeah, exacerbates, it, yeah. Exacerbates the the period of um, not getting to the mourning process and the, you know, the forgiveness process, the thank you process, the I love you, um, you know, even because of the fact that we're broken up, 
Um, I think it still it extends that emotional and physical connection that you have yeah. if you continue to fuck each other whilst you're going through the breakup process. Yeah. Yeah, like for the months, weeks, months leading afterwards, I don't think it's a good idea. Okay. All right. Mm. So is it ever a good idea? Yeah, I would say um, like once you've lost that familiarity with each other, like that that um, cord, uh, like that energetic cord, that energetic link to the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I think like a, to the relationship, okay? Yes. That's what I mean, to the relationship, the link to the relationship that was lost or the relationship that once was. Um, and you can see the person for who they are. Ah, uh, yep, yep, yep. You know, and see your attraction to them um, without the link to, you know, the relationship, whether that's years, months, you know, decades, um, and you're coming from a place of, you know, well, I'm attracted to this person. This person knows my body really well. Um, I think I might like to, you know, have a bit of a roll in the hay with them. Yep. And I don't have a big problem with that. Yeah, yeah. and I, But I like what you're saying about... There's this, it's kind of like there's this point, isn't there, in a, in a breakup process where it's like if you were having sex like in the weeks after the breakup, it's still like, you know, you still got the attachment to the relationship and the way that it was and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. And there's so much, you know, there could be hurt, there could be sadness, there could be grief, there could be all of those things. And hmm. sex in that um, in that context actually compounds the grieving because you're still holding on to the relationship, as it were. But I guess with distance, with being able to process the relationship, learn your lessons and getting sort of to the end of that process and going, yeah, look, you know, regardless of anything that happened in the relationship, I still find this person attractive and, you know, and someone that I want to spend time with. And as long as you're not going, I want to go back to that relationship because yeah. that would be, you know, like emotional suicide. As long as you're not doing that, I guess there's a lot to be said for someone who does, you know, know your body, the conversation's easy. You're talking about, you know, your great Arnie Mabel and they know who great Arnie Mabel is and you don't have to go into all the ins and outs and, you know, you can get to the punchline a bit quicker if it's a funny yeah. story. They know, they know that moment when your eyes roll back in your head is the right time to give your hair a tug or, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, to slip their finger in that spot and pump away. Yeah. It's, you know, they know what's going on. You know that it's going to be a good time if it's a lover that you have had a really good time with. I think, um, like, to bring attachment styles into it, because this is – most people are up on attachment styles in this, you know, last couple of years. And if you're not, um, please educate yourselves. Go and listen to Jessica Fern's um, book, um, Polysecure and – You'll blow your mind. Go and do a quiz. Um, they're all, all, all online, attachment yep. style quiz. Just Google it. So, like, when you're in a relationship, a lot of, like, avoidant type attachment styles find anxious type attachment styles. And they fall in love and then they spend years clashing um, or they're super aware of it and they manage it really well. Most people, when it gets into conflict, that's when the attachment styles Flash. Flare up, 
yeah. when people get into the breakup world, that's when the attachment styles really amp up. Mm. You know, one person is is normally cooler with the or more grounded, more accepting of the breakup than the other person. That would be the avoidant person. Mm-hmm. That would be the person that's like, yep, made the call, hurts heaps, don't want it to hurt anymore. I'm just going to go in the opposite direction. And the anxious attachment style is going to be the one that's like, oh, my God, this hurts. I can see that they're hurting. I want to fix it. I want to fix me. I don't want this to hurt anymore. Maybe they're the person that can stop it from, you know, maybe they're the one for me. Oh, my God, what if, what's going to happen when I'm on my own? Yeah. Though that situation is why it's really hard to continue to have sex with an ex yeah. straight after a breakup. Yeah. Because the anxious type is going to attach itself to any little glimmer of hope, any little glimmer of, you know, they still love me, they still want me, um, you know, and get that feeling of being needed or wanted and it's going to, it's, you know, like taking a shot of heroin. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't want the relationship anymore, they're going to attach to the dopamine, the oxytocin, whatever comes to that and they're going to find it really hard to let go of the relationship itself. Yeah. And I think we've had this conversation as well is that in a lot of cases as well, even if you sort of identify as being a secure attachment, um, you know, if you're in a relationship with an avoidant, it can push you into that anxious because you never feel like you always feel like the ground's moving underneath you and it pushes you into that that anxious. Yeah. This is where I'm going as well. So like straight up to break up sex, you know, somebody who's a little bit avoidant, maybe a little bit detached to their emotions, can totally have sex with somebody and feel really good. Have some orgasms, get some sensual touch, get their cup filled and it's not a big deal. Yeah. Cool. And that's where the conflict can be caused from, you know, having sex with an ex straight after a breakup. What you're saying now is say you spend months, years, you know, being single or dating and you develop a secure attachment style to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to become secure when you're just dealing with one person. 100%. Right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you run into this person that you used to, you know, be in love and have crazy wild sex with, you know, whether it be at the bar whether it be, you know, a random text message, you know, you meet them at an event and all of a sudden the chemistry's like back, mm-hmm. you know, the sparks are flying again because you're both coming from a secure place. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when it couldn't can be really fun, but you've got to be fucking super careful of not falling into the mousetrap of we're straight back in a relationship again. Mm-hmm. Because no matter how much work you've done on yourself, this is this is very much a generalization, but no matter how much work you've done with yourself, on yourself, you know, through blood, sweat, and tears, often when you go back to an ex, you fall straight back into the Those behaviors patterns, yeah. that you had the day before you broke up. Yeah. And if you've really spent the time growing, that is the last thing you want to do. Hmm. So sex with an ex after, you know, things have been worked on and healed, I'm cool with that. But you've just got to be, um, you know, healthily suspicious in the back of your mind mm. that this is just this. Yeah. Stay woke. Go, is that what I you're keep, saying? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And I keep doing the work that's on, that I've done on myself that's gotten to me this, this gotten me to this place where they find me attractive and I find them attractive because we're moving forwards and we're growing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a cool thing. Mm. 
you know. It is super cool. Mm. It's super cool to when you see this person that, you know, may have caused, you know, harm, hurt, tears, you know, questioning yourself and everything about yourself and you do the work and you see that they're doing the work and you see them in a whole new light that, you know, they're not the person that you once fell in love with. They're a whole new person. Mm. Yeah, and you would hope so because and, – and you would hope that you have grown as well because, yeah, if not, that's kind of emotional cutting, isn't it? Like just mm. going straight back to that unhealthy dynamic. Yeah, it's like going and getting those, um, you know, emotional and spiritual cords that you cut and trying to tie a bunch of granny knots back together. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100% it is. So very much a non-binary answer from me. But also, you know, I don't need to be the guru specifically on this. Um, it was more just an interesting conversation that I wanted to have with Louise. And <laughs> I'm curious when Louise puts this up on the social medias, I'd love to hear some conversation in the comments. Um, you know, your good stories, um, you know, when you know, when's it worked out for you to have um, have sex with your ex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I really feel like it is um, a very emotive topic mm. because I don't know about you, but particularly like girlfriends, you can have a conversation about, you know, like, uh, you know, this is this is what happened with my breakup and all that sort of stuff. And they go, if you sleep with him again, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. So, yeah, it's um, people have really strong feelings around it and very strong judgments around it. Absolutely, yeah. I've heard heaps of men say, like, you're a fucking idiot. Why did you do that? Oh, my God, you're back in. What, you know, what's going on? And I've had other mates that have been like, oh, yeah, so how was it? Yeah. How are you feeling now? Like, was it good? Was it bad? Well, I never thought I'd hear that come out of your mouth. And, you know, it sort of it, the binary goes both ways with men and women as well. Yeah. Um. And, you know, like the conversation as well amongst like friends, you hear like, oh, do you ever, after a breakup, like, oh, do you ever think you guys are going to fuck again? You know, because you were really good at that. The relationship wasn't so hot, <laughs> but you were good at fucking. Yeah. It's like, you don't want to lose that part, do you? And it's like, well, sometimes you got to, you know, cut away, cut away everything. Yeah. Yeah, strip it back. I get it. I get it. So, yeah, look, we don't have um, clear-cut advice for you. It is, as Luke says, a uh, a case-by-case situation. And you do need to stay woke getting into it because you don't want to go back to the day before you broke up. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Oh, God, that gives me chills. (laughs) I've got a friend who literally, you know, when she's feeling lonely, she goes through her phone and starts texting her exes. (laughs) And and, um, she'll know who who she is when when she listens to this. And I look at her and I'm like, what are you doing? You need to stop. (laughs) We were out the other week and I was like, are you texting an ex? And she's like, just held her phone to her chest. And I was like, babe. Stop. <laughs> Stop. There's a room full of men here. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the dating apps. Come on now. Yeah. But it's that comfort thing that we like to get yeah. back to. Yeah. yeah. 100%. 100%. Okay. Well, look, if you are in the situation where you are considering possibly banging your ex or you think you might be confronted with that situation uh, in the near future, 
take on board our wise words um, <laughs> and make stay woke and make the correct decision. Yeah, keep your head screwed on out there, people. Please, Abs- whilst you're fucking your ex. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah. May your eyes roll back and your hair get tugged uh, in just the way you like it, should you go there. Anyway, Luke. (laughs) Yes, Louise. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us on After Dark. You're welcome. The new Flirt Adult Store has everything for fun in the bedroom or the bathroom or the lounge room. And with the biggest range, there's always something new. Flirt Adult Store. Find us on Facebook or 90 Beaumont Street. Want to unlock your pleasure? Jasmine invites you to push past your limiting beliefs around sex and love. It's conscious sexuality. It's always an absolute pleasure to welcome back Jasmine Carmen from Conscious Sexuality to After Dark. But tonight's subject has me intrigued because we're going to be talking about over the time that Jasmine's been on the show, we've talked a lot about self-pleasure and really honouring ourselves as sexual creatures. But tonight we're going to talk about ways that we can connect with our sexuality that doesn't involve self-pleasure. So Jasmine, I confess myself a little bit perplexed, but I'm excited because I always learn a thing or two during our chats. Hello, Louise. (laughs) Thanks for having me back. I am excited to bring this topic to you tonight. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's talk about the premise behind it. So um, connecting with our sexuality without self-pleasure. So obviously, if we were looking at um, connecting with our own sexuality, self-pleasure would obviously be the first thing that everyone goes to. Yeah. Um, but um, you're telling us that there are five ways we can do this without necessarily a little, um, you know, sneaky vibrator session in the afternoon. <laughs> yes, I am, Louise. And the reason why I wanted to bring this um, to our chat today is because, you know, sometimes you just don't feel like self-pleasuring. Yep. But it's still really important to connect to ourselves and particularly our sexuality, um, but it doesn't always have to be the same way every single time. Yeah, you're right, you know. Um, and I think that with our busy lives and all that sort of stuff, we have our go-to. Um, yeah, We have yeah. our go-to toy. We have our go-to uh, time of the day. And I guess, yeah, I mean, we'd be complaining if uh, sex with a partner was exactly the same every time, but we kind of shortchange ourselves because we do it the same way every time. That's right. Mm. And it's all about filling your cup. And, you know, like we have spoken about so many times over these past years, you know, connecting to your sexuality is a really important part of who we all are as humans. Yeah. And so being able to find different ways that we can do this with ourselves helps us to continue to cultivate that relationship that we've created with ourselves. And it just mixes it up. It doesn't mean that our body is going to expect the same thing every time. It means that um, if we're listening to our body, we can ask our body, what do we need? And, you know, if there is some part of you that, you know, feels like you still need to connect to yourself sexually, one of the ways that you can do it that doesn't involve you pulling out your vibrator. Mm, okay. All right. Let's dive in. Yes. Yeah. The first one that I want to share today is self-massage. Right. So I have this really beautiful practice that I 
pretty much every client that I work with will get this massage from me. And it's a beautiful, tender, self-touch massage where we're just spending time with our skin and we're just touching our body. We're massaging our arms. Maybe we're massaging our shoulders. And we're just moving through our body and touching the places that feel that need a bit of extra love and a little bit of extra care. And using this way of self-massage is a really beautiful and different way of connecting. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. Like sort of, you know, just honouring that skin that we're in um, yeah. yeah, is a really nice way to sort of connect with ourselves. I get that, yeah. That's right. And you can add a beautiful oil in as well to make it feel a little bit more luxurious and you're still cultivating that relationship with your body. Um, but if you're not wanting to pull out your vibrator, this is a beautiful way to be doing it. Um, and so self-massage is one of the many ways that we can connect with ourselves sexually just by connecting and touching our body um, and then just leaving it at that and going, okay, that's all I feel like my body needs today. Yeah, yeah, totally. Get up. Yeah, beautiful. So, so that's one of the first ways that we can um, connect with ourselves um, sexually that isn't self-pleasure. Another really incredible way that we can continue to do that is through movement. And so maybe that looks like doing something yourself or maybe it looks like going to, you know, maybe a burlesque or a pole dancing class, some way that you can really switch on that central part of you um, and continue to connect into that beautiful sexual energy that we always have within us. Um, and like I said, it's not self-pleasure, but we're still tuning into that energy. Mm, yeah, and there's, it's really empowering doing a class like that as well. Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, it? yeah, and it's certainly not, um, you know, anything anything sort of overt, but, yeah, when you're getting in touch with your own body through movement, um, yeah, it can feel really empowering and really sexy um, doing that sort of class and just letting your body move. Yes, and that's exactly it, Louise. It's connecting to that part and letting our body feel sexy in a way that's outside of the norm Mm. of how we usually express our sex and our sexuality. And dance is such an incredible, powerful way to do that. You know, moving your hips. We hold all our sexual energy within our pelvic floor, within our hips. So finding movement that can allow you to really move your hips and circle that energy around and then move it up and through your body it's really good for us. It's, it doesn't. It only not only helps us wanting to, you know, get in touch with that part of ourselves, but it helps in the other times that we are going to maybe self pleasure or be with a partner. It yeah. actually can help give us a lot more confidence when it comes to movement, uh, sexual movement as well. Yeah, and you know what? You're so right. Like you hit on something there. Is that like, okay, so you know, maybe you've had a dry spell, or maybe you know you haven't got around to your self pleasure practice. And we just expect it to just turn on like a light bulb um, when we don't embody it at other times. Exactly. And so that's why, you know, embodying part of our sexual energy in other different ways helps to cultivate when we do have self-pleasure moments or when we do have partnered moments. We want to be able to keep cultivating that so it doesn't feel foreign and we don't feel awkward. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I love that. So dancing, self-massage. Yeah. Yeah, this is all doable stuff, Jasmine. I love it. Very doable. (laughs) All right, the next one is also very doable, but have a bath. Yeah. Fill the bath up, put some beautiful oils in there, maybe some bubble bath or a bath bomb, put some candles on, like romanticize yourself. 
Yeah, I did that a few weeks ago and, you know, I'm fairly busy and I just, you know, I'm I'm a shower girl and I went, no, I'm actually, and I think it was like the first time I'd had a bath while I've been in this house, which has been nearly two years. And yep. I just went, no, and I did the whole thing. Like I put the bubble bath in, I got the candles, I got the book, I got the glass of wine um, nice. and it was an amazingly sensual experience um, yep. that wasn't sexual. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like you just said, you've got all the things that make you feel really good, that make you feel pleasure and delight, and, you know, you're filling your cup up. And so this is such a beautiful and I think underrated way that we can connect to ourselves sexually by getting in a bath and just luxuriating in water and oils and all the juicy things that we love. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. (laughs) And it's easy enough to do, but we just deny ourselves these things. Yeah, that's right. Well, it takes time. But, Mm. you know, as we've talked about previously, we need to prioritize ourselves. Otherwise, we're not going to see the things happen that we want to see happen. So we do have to carve out the time. We've got to say, you know, watch your Netflix show in the bath if you want to, you know, Um, or or say no to it and take a book that's been sitting on your nightstand for a month and, and read a couple of chapters of the book. But it's all about choosing ourselves and prioritising um, giving ourselves and our bodies a bit of love in that way. Yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. Okay, I've got a good one for you here, and I think you're going to love it, Louise. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so another way that we can connect to ourselves sexually that isn't self-pleasure is watching some ethical porn. Right. Now, that is not Pornhub. Let's clarify for those playing at home um, that we're not talking about uh, Pornhub and uh, the triple X double penetration um, stuff here. We're talking about exactly. ethical porn. So you yeah. might want to explain what the difference is. Yeah, definitely. So ethical porn is when the um, workers are being paid a fair and living wage and also they're doing things within their levels of consent. So a lot of time, porn is being created where our workers are underpaid and they're also doing things that they would prefer that they're not doing, but they're getting forced to do it. Mm. So ethical porn is outside of that and it's when the workers actually, you know, they collaborate with the director and they say, this is what I'm going to do today, this is what I'm not going to do. And they get to have a voice in these situations. And that's where, that's the kind of porn that we want to be watching um, because we know that no one's losing out when we're watching this. Okay. So how do we go about finding ethical porn? Because obviously the big sites are the ones that if you were to Google in porn would pop up straight away. How do we find the ethical porn sites? So there's not a lot available, which is not surprising. And pretty um, sad. However, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> however, there is a really good site called Bellesa, B-E-L-L-E-S-A. Yeah. And that is a really good um, site which has ethical porn on it. And it's also um, female-friendly as well. And when I say that, it means it's not just porn that's about guys getting off. Right. It's also women experiencing pleasure in the ways that they should be as well. Shock horror. Shock horror. I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, So that's a really good site. And the other one, anything that's created by Erica Lust, she's an ethical porn director. 
Okay. Um, and so anything by Erica Lust is also um, ethical as well. Love that. And the reason I'm suggesting ethical porn is because we can stimulate ourselves but not necessarily physically stimulate ourselves. We can stimulate our brain. Yeah. Because our brain, for women especially, is where desire, libido, and you know all of that to do with sex comes from. We actually call the brain the biggest sex organ. 100% we do. Yeah. 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 So this is why watching ethical porn and, I mean, yeah, if you're going to end up self-pleasuring after that, you know, that's fine. You do that. But if you're not in the mood and you're not interested in self-pleasuring, then put on a bit of ethical porn and see what it, see how it stimulates your brain and see how you respond. It could be a unique way of filling your cup by watching something else, stimulating that part of your brain, by not, but not, not, not doing anything physical yourself. Yeah, yeah, love that. So it's another great way that we can connect to ourselves sexually that isn't going to necessarily be self-pleasure. Yeah. Um, so that's ethical porn, and that's why I throw that one in there because it kind of throws people a little bit, but we've got to think outside the box. Yes, most definitely <laughs> we do. <laughs> and then our very final number five is a solo date. Ah, oh, yes. I've been doing these, and I love yeah, them. Yeah, you have? Yeah. Yeah. Love them. They're great. Solo dates are a beautiful way to do exactly what we want to do <laughs> <laughs> and to fill our cup and, you know, just to make sure that we're happy, that we're, you know, take a journal, journal how you feel like your life is going, journal how you feel like your sex life is going, Talk, you know, take yourself out for a date, whether it's a wine or whether it's going out for coffee or, you know, whatever it is, when you're going to a workshop by yourself. Yeah. Romanticizing and nurturing ourselves through a solo date is another really beautiful way that we can connect to ourselves sexually that isn't self-pleasure. Yeah. I Look, I agree with this. And what I have found with my solo dates, because I've like been challenging myself, um, so I've written a list of 50 things that I actually want to do as solo dates by myself. I love that. Yeah. So, and But what I find is, say I'm going out and I'm eating and I'm eating by myself – I find that eating and actually really focusing on what I'm eating and, um, you know, the flavours and the textures and all that sort of stuff is actually much more of a sensual experience than going out in company because you're focused on the company and you're just sort of like mindlessly putting the food in your mouth or drinking the drink or whatever it is because you're engaging with the other person. But when you actually do it by yourself, you really focus on – you know, the, the flavours, the textures, and it, it is quite essential eating experience. Yeah, exactly. And that's the, that is one of the beauties of going out by yourself if you're eating or drinking, whatever you're doing, is you can pay attention and notice what you're doing. Yeah. And that's a really big part when it comes to connecting to our body is slowing down, is beginning to notice. And then when we get to notice, it's that's when we actually start to begin to feel truly what is going on internally. I 100% agree with you. These are all really actionable things that, you know, I love our chats because they're not over the top. You're not saying to people go on a $5,000 retreat um, to get back in touch with yourself. These are really actionable things that don't cost a lot, but it is a reminder to really feed ourselves. And I think in the pace that 
we find ourselves in at the moment in the world, that's a really important reminder. And I'm sure it's pulled a lot of people up and gone, yeah, okay, I'm not really nourishing myself in the way that I could. And therefore, you know, I'm not as sexual or as sensual as I could be because I'm really not slowing down and giving myself um, that treatment. Yeah, that's exactly right, Louise. It, a lot of the time, you know, media says, oh, well, if you want to be in touch with yourself, you have to go and do this. Or, you know, it often involves having to spend a lot of money. Yeah. But right now people aren't, don't have a lot of money to be spending. And like you said, all these five options are doable almost immediately. Mm. Um, you know, whether you need a book in for a dance class, whether you need to ask for your partner to take over the kid's bedtime so you can go have a bath and those things like that. They're all very doable things that can um, connect you with yourself and connect you more with your sexuality so that your cup is being filled and you're not constantly running or giving on empty. Such a powerful message, Jasmine, and one that we can all take something out of today. If you wanted to reach out to Jasmine, she can be found on Instagram at Conscious Sexuality. Reach out to her and she has some fabulous coaching programs, some workshops, uh, some free tips and that sort of thing as well, and an amazing backstory herself. Thank you so much for joining us once again on After Dark Lovely. And, uh, yeah, look, I think I'm going to go and take myself for a bath after tonight's show. Thanks, Louise. It's been great again. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store, Hamilton. Well, thank you once again, dear listener, for tuning in to After Dark. And we hope that you got a lot out of tonight's episode. As Jasmine says, there are many ways that we can connect with ourselves as sexual beings without the toys. However, just a reminder that if you did require some electronic stimulation, jump onto the Flirt website, flirtadultstore.com.au and use the code LIVE30 at checkout for a huge 30% off all of your products. It's definitely more bang for your buck. I'll see you next Tuesday night, same bat time, same bat channel. I'm Louise Wilkinson and you've been listening to After Dark on Newcastle Live.